This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. apologies about it, but I do say it as a matter of perspective. Um, we're only about five months old, um, and so the things that God's been able to do in five months has been phenomenal. Amen? And so I, I say that to all the glory and all the credit because it all goes to God. Amen? And so check this out. This really going to bless you. We've been able to do everything that we've done debt-free. Amen? Amen. Come on, y'all. That's, that's praiseworthy. That's praiseworthy. Hallelujah. And so if God can do it for us, he can do it for you. If you if you have, if you've charged your Bible up last night, let's jump into this word. Amen. You got enough battery power on your Bible. If you will find the book of Second Kings, find the book of Second Kings. And again, we're so honored and thankful for all of you guys being here today. Amen. Um, today. Oh, yes, ma'am. You have something. Oh, today's a teen day. OK, listen, listen. I'm sorry. I forgot all about that. So listen, uh, on the third third Sunday. Yeah, this is, I didn't preach the last couple of Sundays, so in my mind, it's the first Sunday. It's the third Sunday. So y'all listen, every third Sunday, we have a special service for our teenagers. So Miss Jasmine, raise your hand, Miss Jasmine. Miss Jasmine is our youth and teen, she's our teen coordinator, and she does an amazing job. She has a special service for our teenagers. So if you are a teenager, if you would please stand, and if you guys will go with Miss Jasmine, she's got a wonderful service prepared for you guys. One day, we're going to have an auditorium specifically built for our teenagers. Y'all give our kids teenagers a hand. Even if you are a guest, even if you are a guest teenager, we want our guests to go as well. We especially want you to go. Come on, y'all. Keep cheering for them, y'all. That's a, they go fill that room up. Yeah, fill it up. Amen. They still going. They still going. Amen. They still going. Still going. Still going. Still going. Amen. They still going. Praise the Lord. Still going. Still going. Still going. Still going. We're going to need a new building. Amen. We're praying God, asking God to send us a new building. Hallelujah. And we believe by faith he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, you look young enough to be in there. Tell them. Yeah, you look. Yeah, uh-huh. Come on, man. Flattery doeth good like a medicine. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, you look young enough to go with them. Amen. Yeah, that's how you do it. Encourage somebody. Yeah, you look young enough. What you doing still in here? You look young enough to be with them. <laughs> we all go to Second Kings chapter number seven. Second Kings chapter seven. Hallelujah. Thank you for Resting on your feet after you found Second Kings chapter seven. Just if you haven't found it, just keep swiping. Second Kings chapter seven. In in full view of all the things that God has done for us to this point, and all the things that He continues to do, um, God sets this series uh, in our in my lap, in our lap, in our hearts, in our hearing. Do y'all have 2 Kings chapter 7? 
I want you to focus on about two verses, verses three and four. And this is where we jump off this series. This is where it begins. Verse number three and four. Second Kings chapter seven, verse three, the new King James version reads like this. It says, now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? Why in the world are we sitting here waiting to die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. But if we sit here, we're going to die also. In other words, we go in, we're going to die. We sit here, we're going to die. Now, therefore... Because we're going to die anyway. We're going to die. So, yeah, sure is. Because we're going to die. Come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, only thing going to happen is we're going to die. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this word. We pray, God, your anointing be upon it. God, uh, uh, launch this series in such a way, God, that the people are inspired and encouraged. And, Father, we pray that you prepare the ear of the hearer. And, God, we thank you for what you are about to do in this place today. God, send your word with power, with clarity, with authority, with conviction. Father, we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Will you touch three people and tell them it's time to do something different? Just touch three people and tell them it's time to do something different. Yeah, it touched somebody. Tell them it's time to do something different. Come on, it's time. It's time to do something different. Yes, yeah, it's time. Just touch them. It's time to do something. It's time to do something different. It's time to do something different. It's time to do something different. 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 I don't know who that word is for in here this morning, but God is telling me to tell somebody it's time to do something different. Everybody shout different. Just shout different. It's time to do something different. I, I, I glory to God. I feel anointing on that word already. It's time to do something different. It's time to do something different. That, that, listen, that's the whole series. The series is the word different. It's time to do something different. Listen, I came to talk to the people who are tired of the status quo, who are tired of going around the same. I wish I had a witness there. Tired of going around the same mountain for 40 years and they are ready to do something different. Well, somebody just open up your mouth and just shout the word different. Just say, say it again, different, different. That's the word, different, different. That's the word. That's the series that God gave. I said, God, what do you want me to teach you? He said, just tell the people different. That's all he said. Just one word. He said, tell the people different. Glory to God. Tell the people different. In other words, the thing that God is about to do in your life now is not going to look like anything that he's ever done before. God said, I'm about to do something different. There's a, I'm about to do a new thing in somebody's life. I wish I could talk to about a hundred of you and tell you that there's something different about to jump off in your life. Will you look down your road and say something different is about to happen on this road. Something different is about to happen. Something different. Something different. Something different. Something different. Something different. Something different. I hadn't even got into my message, message and I already feel a little preaching. Look, look at somebody that says something's about to change. Come on, tell them something. 
Something is about to change. I don't understand it. I don't know what about to, what's about to happen. But all I do know is something's about to change. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Something is about to change in your life. Something's about to change in your mind. Your finances are about to change. Your family's about to change. Your house is about to change. Your mentality's about to change. The way you deal with things is about to change. But I need to tell somebody something different is about to happen. Open up your mouth and just shout different, 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 different. Different, 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 different. Touch everybody you can reach and tell them we got to do something different. Just tell them we've got to do something different. We've got to do something different out of the ordinary. Stuff that hadn't been seen before, hadn't been done before. But God's about to do something different. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but God told me to tell somebody in this crowded room that he is about to do something different in your life. Y'all sit down. Different, 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 different. There's an anointing in this place. Yokes are being destroyed right now. For some of you, that's the word you need to hear right there. Just the word different. That's the word you need to hear. You Listen, you're not crazy. You're just being different. Come on. Come on. You're not out of your mind. You're just different. Glory to God. I'm not out of my mind. I'm just out of your mind. Just because you don't think and you're not thinking what I'm thinking don't make me crazy. It just means that it's time to do something different. I, I just know that the presence of God has been pushing somebody in this room to do something different. Somebody shout different. Be quiet. That's it. Y'all sit down. Sit down. Sit down. I got to teach. I got to teach. I got to teach. I got to teach. Got to do something different. Uh-uh. Got to do something different. Got to do something different. Got to do something different. I hear you, sister. I, I hear you, sister. I hear you, sister. Glory to God. Got to do something different. Listen, I don't know who this is for, but look at somebody and tell them, the devil's going to make me do something different. Come on, tell them. The devil's going make, gonna to make me do something different. He's going he's gonna to make me do something different. I've got to do something different. I gotta do, I've got to do something. I've got to do something different. 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 Y'all be seated.
Be seated. Be, I got to work the text. I'll be seated. Got to do something different. <laughs> touch somebody and tell them I'm not going back home the same. Just touch them and tell them. Let's go ahead. And, let's go ahead and deal with that now. Touch them. And, come on. Find some, that's the wrong person. Find somebody and say I'm not going back home the same. I'm, listen. I'm. I'm not leaving. I'm not coming here and going back. I'm not going back home the same. I'm going back home different. I'm going back home different. Y'all be. I know. I got to teach for you. That's that's good. That's good. I got y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Listen. I hear you, sister. I hear you, sister. I hear you, sister. Come on, y'all. Don't let her praise the Lord by herself. Go ahead. Don't, 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 let her, don't let her praise him. Don't let her praise him. Come on. I give you 60 seconds. You got 60 seconds to get your praise on. Go ahead and bless him. 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 Come on, if y'all gonna play, I need y'all to play. Come on, turn that keyboard up. You gonna play, I need you to play. Oh, if you gonna praise him, you might as well praise him now. Go ahead and praise him for something different. Praise him for something different. On, put those hands together and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Different. 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 God told me to tell somebody this morning, it's time to do something different. Time to do something different. Let me deal with the text for just a few minutes. The book, the book of 2 Kings it is named Kings because it outlines the history of the kings of Israel. The book of Kings does an implicit job of helping us to see a little bit about the history of the kings of Israel. Israel had about 19 consecutive evil kings. These kings uh, came in and uh, Israel, uh, to a great degree, voted some of these guys in saying that we need a king and they would pull kings to themselves. And 19 consecutive evil kings would manifest or would show up in Israel, although Israel was God's chosen people. 
so I, I guess it, it begs to say at this point that you've got to be mindful of who you are allowing into your life because everybody that's into your life uh, may not be anointed to walk with you, may not be anointed to be with you. And, and so because they had 19 consecutive evil kings, they, Israel always found themselves in bondage. They always found themselves caught up and they always found themselves being defeated because of who they were following. I wish I could talk to somebody in today. You've got to be careful who you follow today. You've got to make sure that the person that you're following is following Christ. Uh, I, I don't know who that's for. Let me say that one more time. You need to make sure the person that you're following is someone who is following Christ. And so 19 consecutive kings Israel had, none of them uh, knew God, none of them uh, uh, walked with the Lord. And because God is merciful, God sends his manservant by the name of Elisha. God tells Elisha, he says, I need you to go and I need you to be my mouthpiece to the kings. Elisha, the servant of God, goes and he is the mouthpiece to the king. And that was, that was a particular king. He was the king of Syria. He, he decided he wanted to make war with Israel. So this king of Syria gets his homeboys, gets his buddies together when he says to them, he says, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to go and we're going to set up an ambush against Israel. And uh, they said, we're going to camp right over here. And when Israel comes by, we're going to jump out and we're going to kill them. Well, Elisha got word from God that the king of Syria was trying to attack Israel. So the, Elisha goes to the king of Israel and said, listen, don't go this way. Because if you go this way, the king of Syria is going to try to kill you. So time and time and time again, Elisha would get word from God and give word to the king of Israel to save not only the king's life, but to save the people of God's life. The king of Syria, uh, he realized that nothing that he was doing was working. So he called his, he called his soldiers together. He said, listen, tell me who's the snitch. Because snitches get stitches. He said, tell me who's the snitch. I need to find out because it seems like every time we set up an ambush against Israel, they always wind up, wind up going around the ambush. We set up over there, they go here. We set up there, they go around there. Who in the world is telling Israel what we're doing? One of the soldiers piped up and said, nah, man, you got to twist it. He said, listen, nah, man, there's this dude named Elisha. Elisha's in the camp of Israel. Man, that dude's so cold-blooded. Man, that dude's walking so close with God, bro, that every time, listen, Elisha is telling these cats stuff that you talk about in your bedroom. This dude's so cold-blooded. He said, man, listen, Elisha is hearing from God so much so that when if, if you think about something that God tells him what you're thinking about before you even think about it, and Elisha goes back and tells Israel, and that's why Israel is able to make it around you every time. Isn't it good to know that God will let you know the plans of your enemy, that God will let you know who's plotting and planning against you? But the problem is, is that many of us are not taking the time to listen to God, to hear what God is saying about the people we're connected to. I don't know why I'm talking about this this morning. King of Syria said, okay, tell you what, tell, where, where's old dude's crib? 
what block he live on. They told him that they said, they said, Elisha, man, Elisha lives down in Dothan. He said, well, tell you what, he said, he, you know what he said? He said, go get the fellas. Tell them to get their grip. We're going to ride on this fool. Go get the boys. We're going to ride on this fool. We're going to go get him. So they go get the troops, man. They get the boys, man. You good? You straight? You strapped? Man, everybody strapped? Everybody good? Everybody good? Yeah, we finna go get the, we finna do this fool for real, man. Listen, I tell you what, man, listen, listen. All you gotta do is swing, cause when you swing, man, it's fist city up in this camp. We finna go get him. You good? Everybody good? Everybody good? You strapped? You got something? You need something? Oh, you good? Okay, everybody good. So the king of Syria said, listen, so they get all the boys, get all these boys together. And what they do is they go to Dothan at night. They go to Dothan at night. They get there at night. And what they do, they surround the camp. In other words, they surround the block. They got the block on lock. I wish I had a witness right there. They got the whole block on lock. They locked the block down. And they surrounded Dothan at night. And watch this. Early in the morning, early in the morning, the enemy, uh, the Syrian army is around Dothan. They, they, they've got it surrounded. They're in the plains. They're in the mountains. They're in the valleys. They've got horses and chariots all around Dothan. Early in the morning, just like he normally does, the servant of Elisha wakes up. He wakes up. He yawns in his cot. He gets up. He scratches. And he, he tries to go get him some coffee or whatever they were doing. Check this out. I'm just kind of ad-libbing right there. Is that okay? I don't know if they had coffee in the Bible. They're not. But, but y'all get the point. He wakes up as he normally does every morning. Gets up, watch this, and he loves to see the sun coming over the mountain. He loves to see the sunrise. He loves to watch it, watch the sunrise. He gets up early in the morning. He walks outside like he normally does. The servant of Elisha walks outside. He he lifts up his. He's washing, wiping his eyes. He he yawns and he he takes in the the, the cool morning air and and he loves the fresh the, the fresh flowers and and the weeds and the grass that's growing. He loves, he loves the, the, the smell of that, that new morning smell. But when he opens up his eyes as the sun is cresting just slightly over the, over the mountain, he sees silhouettes. He looks and he sees silhouettes and he looks and he looks like horses and chariots. He looks to his left and oh my God, they got silhouettes and there's horses and chariots there. There are horses and chariots all, he looks behind him and there's horses and chariots all around him. And so he panics and he goes back into the tent. He wakes up Elisha and he says, Elisha, Elisha, you have to get up, man. Listen, we are doomed. The enemy's army is just outside and they've got the block on lock. We are surrounded. We don't have time to get our boys. We don't have time to get the soldiers together. They're already ready for battle, and they're around the camp, and they're ready to take our lives. Elisha gets up. I believe he goes and he peeps outside and comes back on the inside and says, yeah. We straight. Elisha's servant said, what, what do you mean? We've got the whole army. This, the, no, no, you, you understand. The Syrians are barbarous people. They are murderers by nature. Do you understand that these guys are like locusts? They come in and they pillage an entire city. Do you understand that the Syrian army is out there? Elisha prayed and he said, no, listen, check this out. God's about to do something different. 
He said, he said, Lord, watch this. Open his eyes. He said, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see what I can see. There is nothing like having somebody rolling with you who can see the stuff that you see. Oh, it's a hindrance when you're trying to get somewhere and you got somebody on the team that can't see what you can see. They don't understand it the way that you understand it. But it's a beautiful thing when there's somebody on your side that sees what you can see. If he wasn't blind, then why would Elisha pray that his eyes, his, if his eyes were not open, how did he see the Syrians? So God said, he said, pray, and he said, he said, God, open his eyes so that he can see. Watch this, watch this. It was not physical blindness that he was wrestling with. There's a a couple of blindnesses I'll deal with. It's not even my notes. I'll give you this for free. Watch this. He wasn't dealing with a physical blindness. He was dealing with a perspective blindness. His perspective was blind. Many times people are afraid to do something different because you have the wrong perspective. In other words, perspective is how you see a thing. It is how you view what you see. The problem is, is that you don't see yourself further than where you are right now. You don't see yourself further down the road because your perspective is nothing good is going to happen for me. This is the way I'm always going to have to live. I'm going to live from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. It is because you have a blindness in your perspective. You've got natural sight, but you don't have perspective sight. Perspective causes you to see what you can't see. Perspective causes you to look past the natural to see the supernatural. That's why the poor can say that I'm rich. That's why the weak can say that I'm strong. You know why? Because it's a matter of perspective. You looking at the hair that you're losing, but you ought to thank God for the hair that you got left, honey. It's a matter of It's a matter of perspective. Let them talk about your wig. Let them talk about your sewing. Listen, you had to buy it. It's still your hair. So when they ask you if that's your hair, yes, baby, it's my hair because I own it. Hallelujah. It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of perspective. Is that your hair? Yeah, it's mine. Who hair you think it is?
It's a matter of perspective. You got to see yourself the way God sees you. Glory to God. Listen, what would you do if you could see God's perspective on the thing you're trying to do? What would you do if God showed you that you've, that you've already been successful at the thing that you're trying to do? What would you do if God shows you that you've already overcome the thing that you're battling with now? Could you go ahead and shout now if you had a perspective that God has already brought you out, that God has already seen you through, that God has already made a way? It's a matter of perspective. The reality is, is that you look a whole lot better in your future than you look right now. Will you do me a favor and tell somebody, tell them your future looks a lot better than your present. Your future, ooh, ooh, you got a good looking future. Come on, tell somebody, you, oh, your future is bright. Oh, you've got a good looking future. Stop fretting about today. Stop worrying. It's a matter of perspective. Everything that you go through, you're going to get through. It's a matter of perspective. The church and the body of Christ is dying because we have perspective blindness. We got to put things in perspective. We got to see things the way God said. Elijah prayed and said, open his eyes because I need him to see things in perspective. I need him to get things in full view. The army of God didn't just appear. The army of God was there the whole time. The problem was he was so focused on what was wrong that he failed to see what was right. He was so focused on what was coming against him that he failed to see the army of God that was standing before him. It was a matter of perspective. Wherever your focus gets bigger. If you focus on the negative, then the negative gets bigger. Yeah, things are not perfect right now, but thank God for the things that's still working out. It's a matter of perspective. He said, open your eyes, check this out. This is cold-blooded. Check this out. Check this out. So uh, watch this. Watch this. He said, open his eyes. So his eyes were open. He saw the army of God. He was like, oh, my goodness. He said, they that are for us. That's perspective. Can I tell you, it makes no difference who comes against you. That they that are for you are more than they that are, they that are, I wish I could preach to a crowded church. Uh, They're more than they that are against you. Here's what he said. He said, he goes outside. He sees the army. Elisha not tripping because he's got perspective. So when you have perspective, you're not tripping. Watch this. Glory to God. See, when the bill shows up and you know you got a check coming Friday, you don't trip. You know why? Because you've got perspective. I wish I had a witness right there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's only when you don't know where the money coming from that you lose perspective. But what you should do is you should look to the hills. Why? Because you know your help's coming from the Lord. You should know that my God shall supply all of your need 
according to that, that's a matter of perspective. You got to know that God's going to make a way out of no way. That's a matter of perspective. You got to have the right perspective and ask God, God, open my eyes and help me to see the way you see. I got to finish this text. That's my first introduction. I got to finish the text. I got to finish the text. Elisha walks out. Watch this. Watch this. He said, open his eyes, but then strike them with blindness. Give him sight, but make them blind. Huh? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Give him, give him sight. I, I know God gives sight to the blind. But I didn't know God could give blindness to sight. Give sight to this man. Give blindness to the army. Now watch this. It wasn't physical blindness. Because they could still see. They saw Elisha. But watch this. It wasn't a blindness of perspective. Here's a second blindness. It was a blindness of perception. Woo. He said, give him, un unlock his perspective, but block their perception. Glory to God. Don't allow them to see things right. Don't allow them to recognize what they're looking at. In other words, he took the blindness that was on him and put it on them. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. They came down because now their perception is blind. They no longer perceived who Elisha was. Woo. So watch this. So Elisha no longer posed a threat to them because God had given them a perceptional blindness. There are some people around you right now don't really know who you are. That's why they're talking to you crazy because they just don't know who you That's why they're acting that way because they really don't know who you really are. Look at your neighbor and say, do you know who I am? Woo, just look at him. Do you? Do you know? You know who you seated beside. You know who I am. Hallelujah. Samaria was about 12 miles. 12 miles walking and 12 miles horseback. That was a long way. He said, listen, uh, Elisha tells the king of the Syrian army, he said, listen, y'all in the wrong place, Doc. Y'all in the wrong place. He said, we, we, I'm, I'm going to take you where you need to go. So watch this. They take a 12-mile hike. That's a long hike. You ever tried to, try to walk from here to Kilgore? Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about now. Now it's making sense. That's only about nine miles, but you try walking 12 miles. Watch this. He, so they go on this nine-mile hike. They get to Samaria. Watch this. They, they walk all the way there. Probably took them a day, day and a half. I don't know. It was a long hike. They got all the army. They get to Samaria. In the middle of Samaria, they're in the middle of the city. They're in the middle of the courts, in the center courts of, of the city of Samaria. Watch this. God said, now open their eyes. He opens their eyes. They realize they were in the middle of Samaria. The king of Israel said, do you want us to kill them? 
We'll, we'll kill them. Listen, I, they're right there. They're like fish in a barrel. We can kill them right now. Let's, matter of fact, let's destroy them. We can do the hooty hoo. We can get the fellas. They can be here in a moment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I, I forget. I got, a, I got a diverse audience. Hooty hoo is an African-American colloquialism. <laughs> yeah, when you're in the streets and you hear hooty hoo, yeah, it's time to get your grip. Y'all, okay. All right. I got to remember that. Got a diverse audience. The king of Israel said, are we going to kill them? Can we kill them? Watch this. Elisha said, no, we're going to do something different. We're going to do something different. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 22, he answered and said, you shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you've taken captive with the sword and with the bow? Watch this. Instead of killing them, feed them. My God. Instead of killing them, we're going to feed them. We're going to plenty eat. We're going to get them fed full. We're going to set a feast for our enemy. Glory to God. We're going to prepare a feast for our enemy. Wait a minute. 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 Okay. God said, I will prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. You thought the table was for you. You thought the table was designed for them to sit and watch you eat. But the Bible says if your enemy hungry, Come on, man. Y'all might as well help me. If your enemy is hungry, you feed him. So here's what what Elisha said. Elisha says, no, we're not going to kill him. What we're going to do is we're going to feed him, give him plenty to eat, give him plenty to drink, and watch this. We're going to give them a good send-off. Oh, that's different. If I would quote my homeboy, Mr. Two Chains. I forget, my audience is too diverse. (laughs) Young folk picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, y'all got me. Watch this, watch this. Check this out. I I like the last part of that verse. Watch this. Because they did something different. Because they did something different. The Bible says that if they set food, verse number 23 uh, says that, that then they prepared a great feast for them. And after they ate and drank, he sent them on their way and they went to their master. Watch this. Look at the last part. So the bands of Syrian raiders came no more into the land of Israel because he chose to do something different. 
chose to do something different. And then, and then, and then uh, it happened years later. It happened years later uh, that the Syrian army decides to go back into Samaria, not in Israel. They went back into Samaria, and what they did was they went and stole all the food, and they, they pillaged the city so much so that the city was in famine. There was no more food in Samaria. The people were starving to death because the Syrian army had come and took taken over the city. Took all the food out, all the vegetables, destroyed all the crops. There was a famine in, in Samaria. Watch this. There was a famine in Samaria. The famine was so severe that the people stooped to cannibalism. That the people were eating each other's children. The famine was so severe. We, we see it right there in the text. The king of Israel was passing by the wall of Samaria. Uh, and a lady was on the wall and she was crying out to the king. And she said, king, I need your help. He said, what do you need? She said, I made a pact with this woman uh, because we're so hungry that one day we will boil my son and eat him. And the next day we would boil her son and eat him. We boiled my son and ate him. But when it's time to boil her son, she hid him. Oh, it's in the Bible. You ought to read your Bible. There's some good stuff in there. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 29 says, So we boiled my son and ate him. And she told to her the next day, Give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. The famine was so severe that they had stooped to cannibalism. You can only imagine what those people were going through. To be in so much pain that you would even consider doing that to your child. But watch this. King went, put sackcloth and ashes on and he just, he said, listen, this is Elisha's fault. Isn't it amazing how they always blame God when something bad happens? He said, this is Elisha's fault. We're going to go kill Elisha. We're going to get him. And so watch this. Check this out. We fast forward. I need to fast forward because I'm about out of time. We fast forward and check this out. There were four lepers outside the gate. Elisha tells the king, he said, King, I realize there's a famine right now. I realize that I realize right now that we're at a point where, where, where people are eating each other. This is cannibalism. I realize that, that this is so severe. Elisha tells the king, he said, he said, King, listen, by this time tomorrow, things will be back balanced. But by this time tomorrow, as a matter of fact, this famine was so severe that they were eating dove, dove's dung. And they were, paying, they were giving bushels of silver just to get some bird poop. Because there was nothing else to eat. He said, by this time tomorrow, things are going to be different. Here's what he said. The king said, if God opens up the windows of heaven, he can't fix this. Elisha said, listen, God's going to do something different. Glory to God. God's going to do something different. Four lepers sitting at the city, at the gate. I'm closing. Four lepers at the gate. Here's what they said. That brings us to our text. They said, listen, we're going to die anyway. They said, we're not. We're all going to die. Can I, can I, can I tell you all this? I don't know if you all know this or not, but do you know that we're all going to die one day? But, but he, here's the question. Here's the question. Are you willing to die having not tried? Are you willing to die having not tried to accomplish your vision? Are you willing to die having not tried to make your marriage work? Are you willing to die having at least not tried? Here's what those guys said. Those guys said, listen, we're going to die anyway. 
We're on our way to our grave. See, this is what they said. They said, because we know we're going to die anyway, let's at least die trying. We're going to die trying. We're going to die trying. They said, we're going to go to the Syrian camp. They said, let's go. I said, man, you good? You with it? I said, man, we good. If we die, we're going to die trying, bro. Then let me tell y'all something. Let me tell you something. As a church, until this minute, I cannot, I'm going to speak to you as your pastor. We're going to do our best to change this city. Amen. We're going to do our best Amen. to change this area for Christ. Guess what? Are we going to die trying? We're going to die trying. Watch this. I, I want you to hear, man, I'm, I'm closing. I want you to know that God is doing something different. God's doing something different. God desires something different. Those four men made up in their minds, we're going to go into the camp. And we're going to try. We're going to do something different. That's my only point. It's time to do something different. They went into the Syrian camp, and to their surprise, when they get to the Syrian camp, the Syrians have stolen everything out of Samaria. They get to the camp, watch this, all they find there was horses and animals. And all the men were gone, but they left. They left all their baggage. They left all the possessions. All the food was still in the camp. These four lepers started going in. They started getting things for themselves. And they started collecting the food. They started hiding it. They would go get it, and they would hide it. They said, man, look, man, this man, there's too much food here. And they was getting all this food, boy, and they was eating, and they was grubbing while they was collecting. And one of them said, listen, it's not enough for us to keep this for ourselves. Let's do something different. Let's do something different. So what do you want to do? He said, man, let's look at all this food. He said, well, we can't eat all this food if we try there's enough food here to feed that city. He said, listen, let's go. And we're going to go back. And we're going to tell the gatekeepers that there's plenty of food over here. Long story short, the word got to the king that there was food in the Syrian camp. And the Syrian army had run off because God caused them to hear the sound of horses and chariots. And they were so afraid that they run off because they thought the enemy, they thought the Israel army was now coming against them. Isn't it amazing how God can make things seem bigger to your enemy than what it is? Isn't it amazing how God can put fear in the hearts of the people that or the enemy that's trying to come against you? It's a matter of perspective. Check, this is the cool part, y'all. I'm not even through. I, I don't even have time to give you the cool part. I'm going to give you a part of it. They come back. They feed. The people come in. They, they go and they get all their stuff back. See, see when, when you do something different, God has a way of giving you all your stuff back. God's giving it all back. I, I don't know who that's for. Some of you lost some things in this life, and you've suffered some things, and you've had to deal with some things, and, and glory to God. I need, I've got some good news. And as long as you get it in your heart, God, I'm willing to do something different. Everything that you thought you lost, God's going to give it back. God's going to give it back. God's going to give it back. They got their stuff back. Listen. As I was thinking about different this weekend, this church is doing some things different. Let me tell you, let me tell you. I went to my team, I went to the uh, leadership team when we were in Kilgore, and I told them, I said, listen, we're going to trade in a whole service. 
That's church suicide in a lot of areas. We're going to trade in a traditional service. We're not going to have church. But instead, we're going to go and we're going to help people in the community. We're just going to go out. That's praiseworthy. You know what I told him? I said, I said, we got to do something different. If we're going to be known, let's be known for doing something. Let's do something different. Let's do something. And because, because, because we chose to do something different, now other churches are looking and saying, wait a minute, they're doing something We've never, so you mean to tell me y'all giving up a whole Sunday to go into, watch this, watch this, you think that's cold-blooded. You mean to tell me that you're going to take your church, a predominantly black church, over to a predominantly white church, and y'all going to have combined joint service? Yeah. It's okay, you can stand up, yeah, you can. <laughs> You know what? We're going to do something. Something different. Yeah, we, we're going to do something different. You mean to tell me that y'all were only supposed to baptize eight people? But you had people walking up to the baptism pool, taking off their shoes, saying, hold up, I... I got to get in this water. I've got to get baptized. You mean to tell me that that y'all did something different? You mean to tell me that you got in that water in your regular clothes? It's because I said, God, I've got to do something different. Got to do something different. I'm tired of living life the way I've been living. I got to do something different. I gotta do something different. I've gotta do something different. I do something different. I do something different. Listen. I, last night God took me back to one of our dreams. Those of you who've been in the first Super Saturday, we outlined the dreams of our church. We outlined our dreams and Miss Shanice is helping us put together a packet. So this Super Saturday coming up this Saturday, we get a chance to go over our dreams. I want to show you one of our dreams. One of our dreams is this. We dream of a church. I want y'all to get this. We dream of a church where city leaders value the church's friendship. City leaders value the church's friendship. And participation in impacting the community. Where the community is genuinely thankful for the church's presence. And begins to improve because of our presence. That was written years ago. And then God does this. You'll see the picture. Then God does this. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Y'all ain't. Come on. City leaders 
is saying, y'all doing something different. Church on purpose, we've been hearing about this church, man. You guys are doing something different. Watch this. We need you in the room. And I don't stand there. I don't stand there representing me. I stand there representing every member, every person, everybody that's connected to this ministry. Listen, that's not me on this stage. That's us, Ron. That's us standing right there. That's all of us. That's all of us. Ain't even the best part. Best part. Ain't even told you yet. The best part is because of what you guys sow into this ministry. Because we have so many tithers and so many people who understand the vision of this house. Watch this. That we were able to write a check, a sizable check. I had a hard time carrying it. Not just with us, several churches and several businesses. I was just glad that we were able to be in the room. I was just glad that we were able to be a part of that. It felt good to be able to write a check that size and put it on the table and say, church on purpose, we're in this thing. We're in the room. We see the vision. We're walking with this thing. Watch this. Here's the beautiful part. Here's the beautiful part. I get so excited. The beautiful part is this, is that we, all of us, played a huge part in helping to eradicate the medical debt of over a thousand people in the East Texas area. We were able to eradicate over $1.2 million in medical debt for people all over East Texas. Somebody give God some glory. Give God some glory. I don't know who this is for, but while you're standing, touch somebody and tell them God's going to make that happen for you. Come on, I, glory to God. Woo! I, oh my God. 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 God's getting ready to pay some things off for you. Listen, now y'all got to understand. What you make happen for somebody else. God makes happen. Come on, y'all better get ready to get some stuff paid off. You better get some stuff supernatural paid off, supernatural debt cancellation in the name of Jesus because we made it happen for somebody else. God makes it happen for you. That's why, that's why I tell you, you better keep tithing. I don't play with that. You better keep tithing. Because you know why? It gives us the ability to do what we've done. You better put it up there, sister. You better put it up. That's what I'm talking about. 
That's what I'm talking about. Listen, that's a good thing. She's sowing into this anointing. She's sowing into what God is about to do, not only with this church, but what God's about to do in this city. Glory to God, sister. I'm going to sow into that. I'm looking for a harvest. I'm, I said, I'm looking for a harvest. I'm looking for a harvest. Listen, glory to God. Hallelujah. God said do. God said do something different. God said do something different. God said do something different. God said do.